Welcome back to They Reminisce Over You. I'm Christina. And I'm Miguel. This week we're talking about someone who's been in the game for over 40 years, playing a wide variety of characters, gangbangers, <laughs> a Wall Street stockbroker, astronaut, munitions expert, real life characters like Miles Davis and Sammy Davis Jr., comic book action hero in the Marvel movies. Who are we talking about? Don Cheetos. Don Cheetos? <laughs> Don Cheetos. <laughs> I was watching some YouTube videos and somebody called him Don Cheetos. So the rest of the episode, we're going to call him Don Cheetos. Okay. Just for the hell of it. <laughs> All right. You want to get into it? Let's do it. Okay. So when were you first introduced to Don Cheetos, as you said previously? <laughs> well, the first thing I can remember, clearly remember, is Boogie Nights. But looking at his IMDb, pretty much like every time we, we do this, there are things that came before that that I know I watched. But that is like my first clear memory of him is in Boogie Nights. I think for me, it was in Colors mm -hmm. where he played Rocket, which was pretty funny to see him do. But of course, I didn't know who he was at the time. Right. He was just some gangbanger, <laughs> like I said in the intro. And then probably in 19 colors was in 1988. Yes. And Boogie Nights was 1997. So it's a, a wide range. <laughs> yeah, there's a big gap in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't colors, then it was probably in the Golden Girls spinoff, mm -hmm. the Golden Palace. I don't remember if I saw it before or after, but right. it was one of those two is okay. where I saw him first. And then also, of course, him playing Ice Tray <laughs> on The Fresh, Fresh Prince, Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. See, I remember him as Ice Tray, but I don't remember if, because I feel like this clip just kind of resurfaces. Right. And so I don't know if I just remember him on uh, that episode just because I've kind of seen it recently or yeah. if I actually like remember him. Yeah, I, I remember the episode. <laughs> I remember the episode. From when it was on. Yeah. Like, I remember the character Ice Tray, let's put it that way, yeah. but I don't know if I was like, oh, yeah, Don Cheadle played Ice <laughs> well, Tray. Well, <laughs> it definitely wasn't that. <laughs> I did not remember, hey, there's Don Cheadle. Like, you're sitting here watching Hotel Rwanda, and you're right. like, hey, it's Ice Tray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did make that kind of connection. <laughs> yeah. I definitely remember that episode. Have you watched any of The Golden Palace? I had never heard of The Golden Palace until we looked this stuff up. So someone made just kind of like a, an edit of one of the episodes of mostly his interactions. So I was able to catch a quick episode in like 10 minutes. So this kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the last episode about Sandra Oh and just stuff we've talked about. But this was like in 1992. So it was that time where we were saying how like people of color were getting a chance to like do stuff. Yeah. Because the episode I watched, I was kind of surprised because so they have a hotel, right? Yes. And he works there. Yes. And he is everything at the hotel. <laughs> and if you haven't seen it, I'll give a quick backstory before okay. you tell yours. Sure. So the Golden Girls, Dorothy gets married and leaves, mm -hmm. leaving the three of them to stay in the house. And they decide to sell the house and buy this rundown hotel. They were told it was a moneymaker. Mm -hmm. It's actually a money pit. So much so that the only employees are Don Cheadle's character, Roland, mm -hmm. a foster kid that he's taking care of, <laughs> and Cheech Marin, who is the chef. Okay. They're the entire staff. And the ladies. Well, this is before the ladies come in. Oh, before they buy yeah, it. So okay. they are the only staff wow. that's left. Okay. Yeah, I never heard of this. I'm actually surprised I'd never heard of this because, well, I mean, I know who doesn't know the Golden right. Girls, right? But- the episode I watched was they were having um, the Daughters of the Traditional Self. Okay. 
were um it sounds a lot like the daughters of the confederacy that's me. basically what it's supposed to be so they were having like you know how hotels have these little like meetups and conferences right. and stuff so he was like excuse me well, who's coming to the hotel so him and blanche because she's you know at southern bell are kind of having this back and forth about why he doesn't want this here because she hangs up a confederate flag and for her, she's like, oh, but this is like my daddy's flag and okay. all these memories. She's associated with it in terms of like family and tradition stuff. Right. He's trying to explain to her, well, that's not what it means to me. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to see this. I don't want the hotel to be hosting an event like this. One of the daughters of the traditional South, when he was, he was kind of like mocking the like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. When right. they were arguing and the woman's like, oh, you should hang on to him. He's one of the good ones. <laughs> God. So Blanche was like, <gasps> so she goes chasing after him. I don't think of you like that, though. So it was actually, um, I mean, for a sitcom, you know, they kind of tackled the whole what the Confederate flag means versus right. to her. It's like a, you know, family traditional thing, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, I was like, oh, OK, <laughs> what a interesting one episode for me to watch. <laughs> but like I said, this was 1992, where at first I was like, wow, I can't believe they talked about this and then i'm like well it was 92 and we had that small window right to have a voice <laughs> where colored folk was allowed to talk about things that bothered us <laughs> yes, before it got <laughs> shut down again so i mean of course like i said it's a sitcom so they had like a nice quick easy happy ending which in <laughs> real course. life does not really happen like that but it's also kind of sad that this came out in 1992 and here we are in 2022. And again, these discussions are still happening. <laughs> yeah, they were happening 30 years before. Yep. <laughs> and here we are 30 years after and it's still happening. The thing that shocked me about <laughs> the show, and I mentioned it to you when I was watching one of the episodes last week, they were trying to figure out how they were going to save some money. Mm -hmm. And the guy who cleans their pool shows up and mm -hmm. he's trying to get paid. So Blanche is trying to put on her Southern charm. And, mm -hmm. Oh, you can do it. Give us a little break. Come get the money next month. <laughs> all this stuff. Yeah. And Sophia just walks by for no reason and unprovoked and goes, lying slut. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. She's trying to help you out here. Exactly. <laughs> and this is what you're doing. So she continues talking to her and Sophia walks away. Mm -hmm. 30 seconds later, she comes back again. Mm -hmm. Tramp. <laughs> 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 These are the jokes that you guys are getting off in 1992. That's crazy. Yeah, that was a bit aggressive. <laughs> 1992. It Unprovoked. Was the 90s. <laughs> it was. And I'm like, damn, she didn't even do anything. She's wow. just talking to the guy. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was funny. Yeah, I thought it would be awkward. I'm like, how would Don Cheadle play into running a hotel with these like old white ladies? He did everything. He was the front yeah. desk manager. He was housekeeping. <laughs> he was the bellman. Yeah, the one episode I watched, I'm like, oh, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just wanted to go back to Colors for a second. So I've never watched Colors, but I want to because it's just a reference that just pops up all right. the time. But actually, I think it was in the video I sent you about just the locations then and now. I haven't finished it. Yeah, so in the video, they were just mentioning all these like familiar faces in the movies that we didn't really know who right. they were then, but we do now. But they pointed out that one young Gerardo was in it. Yes, of he is. Rico Suave fame. Him and uh, <laughs> Mario Lopez, too. Yes. Mario Lopez is in it. And some other familiar faces. Yeah, Leon, um, Glenn Plummer, Damon Wayans. Yeah, and of course, Don Cheadle. <laughs> yeah, Don Cheadle, Sean Penn. 
So one of the things I find a little harder to do in terms of research for when we're covering an actor is their work isn't always as readily available as music. So for the most part, you can hear people's albums or see their music videos on YouTube or whatnot. But with movies and TV shows, especially TV shows, it's hard to find somewhere to stream it or we have to buy it or it's just not available. I was thinking about that because when I was looking through his IMDb, there were so many things I wanted to either watch for the first time or rewatch. But sometimes we're stuck with whatever's available. Right. So we ended up rewatching Rosewood and it wasn't a bad movie. It's actually, I think it's a good movie, but it's a movie that makes you mad. It does. Right now I'm like, oh, why did I choose for, like, I'm the one who's like, let's just go ahead and rent it. I haven't watched it in a while. Now I'm pissed <laughs> off because it's based on a true event. Yes. Uh, when was it? 19, 1923. 23. In Florida. So there are some fictionalized characters in it, like the main character. What's his name again? Um, Bing Rames. Bing Rames. His character is mostly fictional, but it's just a story about basically like a white woman is cheating on her husband and her side piece decides to beat her up and to cover it up. She claims a random black man broke into her house and beat her up. Yeah, even though there are two other people in the house <laughs> yes. and there's tons of people standing outside of her house. And she's having loud sex with yeah. her side piece. So it's a small town. Like yes. everybody knows. But anyways, that basically sets off this fiery rage and all the white folks in town basically burn down Rosewood and right. everybody, almost everybody dies. And this isn't really a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it is something based on that's a true story. based on a true story. Right. So it is a good movie and he had a strong performance and i do think that it's important to to make these kinds of movies to kind of like keep these stories alive because people like to pretend this shit was so long ago or and or never happened right even though in the credits it said that there (laughs) were a lot of people at the time of filming the movie Mm -hmm. still alive who survived it yes which is how it was so long ago Mm -hmm. so the movie came out in 97 I say all this to say, I kind of wish we had watched something else instead (laughs) with our, you know, limited options. It was kind of like, you know, you'll search something. It's like, well, this is available. Let's watch that. (laughs) And then when I was looking up other stuff, I'm like, I probably would have rather watched Colors since that's a movie that I've heard about for so long. (laughs) But at the same time, you get a different type of violence in Colors. You get like police brutality at that point. But there was another movie I ended up finding. Um, somebody had uploaded it on YouTube. It was uh, a cop drama. So I'm sure there's going to be like violence and whatnot in it. But I don't think I'll have any personal uh, <laughs> anguish watching a cop drama. But basically, like he's an undercover cop. It's very Training Day-esque. Okay. I'm trying to find the, the movie name now. I forgot what it was. Oh, Brooklyn's Finest. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, with Richard Gere, Ethan yeah. Hawke, and Wesley Snipes. I've seen it. Is it any good? I liked it. Yeah, just from the what I saw in the trailer, felt. I mean, I think it was from the directors of Training Day as well. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest movie, but yeah. it was good. I liked it. Yeah, so that might have been a less angering watch. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the the full upload afterwards. I was like, oh, oh well, <laughs> I'll watch this some other time. <laughs> well, you know, the only issue that I had with <laughs> Rosewood is the fact that, and this is not a spoiler because the movie's twenty five years old at this point. <laughs> So at the end, when they think that Don Cheadle is dead, they're all escaping on this train trying to get out of town. And one of the kids looks out of the window (laughs) and he says, hey, it's Booker T. 
Now, Booker T was Ving Rhames' horse being ridden by the uncle that they thought was dead. <laughs> so he didn't say, hey, there's Uncle Sylvester. <laughs> he said, hey, it's Booker T. Who is that riding your horse, man? <laughs> like, come on now. Oh, a man is Ving Rhames' Yes, his name, name is Man. <laughs> <laughs> like, you going to yell out the horse's name first and not your uncle who's not dead? That's just me. I had that issue the first time I saw the movie. <laughs> Because yeah. when I saw it, it was in theaters right. and other people are clapping when he's coming up <laughs> and I'm cackling uncontrollably. Yep. But see, the way the other people reacted, I think that's what they were going for because they wanted to be like, who's this right. person? But you're thinking about it as like, duh, how do you not recognize your yes. uncle before you recognize this almost a stranger's yes, horse? The, like, you've known this the man horse for like been a there few for days. Four right? days. <laughs> <laughs> but your uncle's been there your entire life. <laughs> Look, it's Booker T. Yeah, I think it was just for dramatic effect. You're not supposed to think about it. I get it, but that's exactly where my head Because even that's how I I felt by that point in the movie. I'm like, thank God, give us a win. (laughs) (laughs) He's alive. It's Booker T. (laughs) So yeah, good movie. Not necessarily something I would recommend watching, (laughs) just because it's a lot. Yeah. And the people who probably need to watch it will never watch it. Exactly. Yeah, so we're still in the 90s. Like, all of this stuff is before 2000. There's a bunch of other stuff, too. I rewatched Out of Sight, but he doesn't really have a very big role in that. I mean, it was it was okay. It's a, what do you call it, a popcorn movie. Yeah, well, I've seen it, but I didn't take the time to watch it again. Yeah. Like, I didn't really watch anything mm-hmm. outside of the stuff that I watched with you. And I checked out a couple episodes of Black Monday just to get it back into my right. head since it's been so long since I watched it. But for the most part, I'm just going off memory here. Yeah. Well, I we rewatched Traffic, and I really liked that movie. I thought that was entertaining. I, it feels weird to talk about a drug movie. <laughs> entertaining. <laughs> I I liked it. <laughs> the thing I noticed about all these movies that mm-hmm. we watched, like his earlier stuff, even though they were good movies, I say they were good for the time. Like even Traffic, the way it was shot mm-hmm. and the way it was color graded and all right. that was very corny. Yeah. You had mentioned when we were watching it, like every time they were in Mexico, everything was brown and dirty yeah. looking. And then when they were in San Diego, it's all blue. And everything and... is nice and colorful. Mm-hmm. And when they're with Michael Douglas's character, everything's a shade of blue. So mm-hmm. that was very cheesy to me. It was good for the time, but looking mm-hmm. at it from a 2022 lens, yeah. oh, come on, this was corny. Just like. Speaking of corny, I rewatched the Oceans series. Yeah. Well, those were corny at the time, too. Well, and, and yeah. that was kind of the point. Yeah, I guess. They were corny and cheesy. I think it feels. Extra- yeah, they were supposed to be fun. Right. I think it feels extra corny now because that trope has been done so many times. Yeah, since then. Yeah. And he has this terrible British accent. <laughs> I mean, good for him to be part of a franchise that was so popular, but I probably didn't really need to revisit that. (laughs) I didn't watch any of those, but my favorite scene of his, of all three of those Oceans movies, Mm -hmm. is when he goes into Al Pacino's office and he's pretending to be American at this point. And he's got on like this American Evil Knievel type outfit Mm -hmm. and he's supposed to be performing for the opening of the casino or whatever. And he just storms in, puts his feet up on Pacino's desk and says, pay me my money. In cash. And I love that. And of course, that's the scene I didn't see because 
by the time I got to the third movie, I was like, I don't need to watch anymore. <laughs> That's by far the best part of the movie. Well, I missed and you it. missed it. I missed it. Pay me my money <laughs> in cash. Well, what I did like was I rewatched his small scene in Rush Hour 2 as the original Kung Fu Kenny. Yes. And him and Jackie Chan basically just cutting it up over Chris Tucker when they realized <laughs> that the two of them had their own connection. Right. And they talking in Chinese and Chris is like, I know you're talking about me. And they just <laughs> giggling and talking shit about him. <laughs> and he has no idea. <laughs> there was a YouTube comment that I forgot to fact check. <laughs> but since two people said it, I guess it must be true. Okay. But it said that he agreed to do the movie only if he got to fight Jackie Chan. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Because I think that's his only scene. Right? Yeah. And they have their quick little fight. Then they find out their kindred spirits. So since I watched that clip of him being the original Kung Fu Kenny, of course, I had to watch the clip of him in the current Kung Fu Kenny Kendrick <laughs> Lamar's DNA video. So he's like interrogating Kendrick and Kendrick's got his little Kung Fu Kenny outfit on too. And I guess he gets shocked by what's it called? The lie detector. Machine. Yes. And then they end up rapping to each other and stuff. I guess if he's if he's going to be Kung Fu Kenny, he's going to have to ask Don Cheadle to be in the, of course. the video with him, right? <laughs> well, I watched an interview for a couple years ago mm-hmm. and someone asked him about how he ended up being in the video. And he said just in between takes, he asked Kendrick if the name Kung Fu Kenny came mm-hmm. from the Rush Hour character. And he said yes. So it was done on purpose. Confirmed. Yes. From Don Cheadle. <laughs> All right. With that said, uh, what is your favorite performance or performances and why? I actually didn't think ahead. Okay. I was like, let me try to just go with my instinct. So I think my first instinct is to say Black Monday because I think he's really good at playing like an asshole, but a likable asshole. I get it. (laughs) And plus the styling on Black Monday because it's set in the 80s is just so ridiculous. (laughs) Yes. That it's just fun to watch. (laughs) And that it's just like, the wild 80s right lots of portrayal and and sex going on blue eyeshadow and (laughs) such (laughs) so i think initially i want to say that because overall it's entertaining but just kind of revisiting a couple of these clips and old movies and stuff i do like his character in boogie nights because so he's an adult film right But there's this very like earnest quality about him at the same time because he's like really into stereos and stuff. (laughs) I I don't remember his exact character because I watched the movie so long ago, but just in these clips. And so he wants to open up his own stereo shop. And there's a scene where he's working for somebody else and he's trying to sell a stereo to somebody. And it seems to be everyone's favorite scene, according to the comments. (laughs) I don't remember anything (laughs) about that movie. Well, he's trying to sell a stereo to someone. He's really getting into the whole salesman thing. And then he's like, let me turn some music on for you to hear. And then he's playing this like honky tonk country. And the customer is just like, oh, he's like, you got to move your hips to it. Anyways, there's just something very earnest about his character. I don't know if they wanted to do that on purpose to be like, hey, not all adult film stars are like these CD characters or whatever. Some of them is just a job. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, so it's kind of interesting to see him play a character that is kind of, um, what's the word? A contradictory character, if that makes any sense. It's hard for me to say because I remember Black Monday more. Right. I'm going to say somewhere between those two because you get to see like, a wide range just even between those two characters yeah i'm gonna go with mo on black monday as well and for the same reasons that you said he plays i wouldn't say shifty characters (laughs) 
but slick talkers. Yeah. People who kind of operate in the gray areas and use a lot of loopholes. He does that really well. And Mo is probably the best character for that. He's not a complete asshole to people. (laughs) He just finds, like I said, the loopholes and wiggles. He works in the gray areas. So that's probably my favorite character. Okay. Of anything that he's done. Now that you've put it that way, it doesn't matter if he's like a cop or an actor or ice tray or <laughs> <laughs> like he's is always kind of a gray area guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, in Rosewood, with, he was he was a music teacher. He was pretty straight laced in that yep. one. <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff where he isn't operating on the edges. Yes. Mission to Mars. There's one. Mm-hmm. But even that one being on Mars by himself, he's <laughs> a little bit crazy yeah. for a bit. So I like those type of characters that he does, even though he does dramatic characters right. well when he's kind of the loose cannon. Is yeah, what I, like. I like him when he's a little bit funny. Yeah. Like his character in House of Lies, where he's kind of an asshole, but you <laughs> yeah. kind of like him, though. <laughs> he cares about the people that he cares about. Yes. But he does what he needs to do to get the job done. Exactly. All right, so our last topic, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask for you to give a suggestion or maybe a couple suggestions, spoiler free, of what people should watch from his filmography. Okay, so hmm, I'm going to say a few different types of suggestions. So if you don't know Don Cheadle very well, you haven't watched much of his stuff, I would say maybe check out Black Monday since we both like that one. Right. But the Miles Ahead was interesting where he plays Miles Davis because, you know, he's playing a real person. Yes. Even though he was, I still saw a lot of Don Cheadle in there. <laughs> it it <laughs> but is. At the same time, you know, I'm not really familiar with Miles Davis. Yeah, me neither. So I, just I know, can't really, I just know his, what his hair looks yeah, like. Yeah, he and had that a he's dry jerry curl in the 80s <laughs> and he wore big sunglasses. And that's what I knew about Miles Davis coming into the movie. Yeah. And because he's lead in these movies or TV shows, so you get to see more of him. Now, if you are pretty familiar with him and just looking for something new to watch or maybe you're getting to know him some more, I actually like him on SNL because even though he plays characters that are kind of funny, he doesn't really do comedy. And so it was interesting to see him do these little sketches on SNL when he's like playing a roach (laughs) in a Roach X commercial. (laughs) I wouldn't say it's his best performances per se but it's kind of nice to see him do something that's totally comedic right so that would be my other suggestion okay i actually had the same thing as you miles ahead where he's playing miles davis Mm -hmm. Uh, for the most part it is a dramatic role but because it is about someone that is actually a living or was a living person it's supposed to be somewhat true Right. Although i did some research into this the story Mm -hmm. (laughs) of what the movie is didn't actually happen. Yeah. But the flashbacks where you see him mm-hmm. meeting his wife and recording albums and how he worked, that was a little more truthful. But the actual story of this movie yeah. is a little bit outlandish. It's basically a heist with Ewan McGregor and Don Cheadle as Miles Davis. I think that's also what makes it interesting because it's you think it's a biopic, but it's not really. Right. So you you don't really see that that often but it's not egregious in in the sense of like why would you make this crazy story (laughs) exactly 
And within like the first five minutes of the credits, he was credited like 12 times. Like this man did everything. He played <laughs> Miles. He was the director. He wrote the screenplay or like co-wrote. I don't know how many other people were involved, but he was very involved. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I saw just a little article or something about it. And when he was talking about this at the Sundance Film Festival, he said the approach to the film was not to produce a biopic, but to create a plausible though largely fictional vignettes of Davis's life that interpreted his creative process. I was so. just going to say that. <laughs> like, it's not so outlandish <laughs> that you don't believe it, mm -hmm. but it's just crazy enough. And you know a little bit about his backstories. Like, you know what? He might have done this. <laughs> he could have pulled this off, yeah. but it isn't actually true. But yeah. So it's very entertaining. Yeah. So the general parts of his life is true, like you were saying, meeting his wife and some of the other stuff. But the actual story itself yeah. isn't true. <laughs> and the criminal parts of it were yeah. made up. <laughs> or was it? Who knows? <laughs> and also, there are some funnier die sketches where he plays Captain Planet. Yeah, they're a little bit weird. Okay. I didn't watch the Captain Planet cartoon because it was a little after my time. But basically, the general idea is... There's five people from around the world. They have these power rings. They come together to save the environment, blah, blah, blah. If it's something that they can't handle, they call in Captain Planet. He helps them. They move on to the next episode. On his Captain Planet, he's like, fuck it. I'm turning everybody into trees. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he just decides that not only am I going to help the environment, but I'm turning everybody into trees. Okay. And there's like five episodes of them and it's completely ridiculous. So check it those out. strange. It is. They're maybe five minutes long each. So. Okay. Easy watch, okay. but just seeing him in that green makeup and a green mullet, it's mm -hmm. hilarious. I also watched a little interview with him and Kevin Hart because I had only seen that one little clip floating around. <laughs> when he uh, called him old. Yeah, because he said something about being 56. <laughs> Kevin Hart's like, damn. <laughs> so they end up having this little back and forth about being old and stuff. So that was pretty funny too, actually. I figured he wasn't actually mad, right. but at first <laughs> it seemed like he was mad. But as they kept joking and talking, it's clear right. he wasn't upset. But that was funny too. <laughs> So IMDb had a video of just like a montage of all of his movies and stuff. Okay. And it's so funny that you can't even tell when these movies were made because he basically looks the same. And the only thing that really changes, which then is still hard to tell, depends on what character he's playing. Okay. Is like his hair and wardrobe will change, but then he doesn't really look that much younger or older. <laughs> right. So if they didn't actually put the years up, you're looking at this montage and it's like this movie's from 2007. This one's from 2012. This one's from 2019. You're like, but he looks the same. <laughs> like sometimes he'll look younger in older, uh, in newer movies. Yes, he definitely looks <laughs> older than he does now in the Golden Girl stuff. Yeah, and so, and especially like if he's playing something like Miles Davis, then he's got makeup on or, yeah. or a wig or whatever. So you cannot tell when these movies were made. <laughs> That's funny. So I thought that was hilarious. All right. So is there anything else you would like to add before we wrap this all up? I think that was it. I slipped in that last thing. And maybe after we finish recording, I will probably be like, oh, I forgot. But it is what it is. I think we should watch Colors tonight. Okay. Just because. Because you haven't seen it. And I just know the song. Colors. Colors. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, so we're going to wrap everything up here. Thank you again for listening to They Reminisce Over You. Make sure to follow us on social media at Troy Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Also, check out TroyPodcast.com. That's our website. That's where you can get transcripts, links to the things that we mentioned in this episode, probably some stuff that we forgot to mention. (laughs) We'll add those to the website as well. Also, check out our playlist on Spotify. You can just search the title of the episode episode and it should pop up if not go to our website troypodcast.com and the playlist will be there as well i'm guessing there's no playlist for this or are you gonna do inspired yeah i think i might do it inspired by okay you gotta put colors on it of course that'll be like the first one <laughs> on that note we are done we will be talking to you guys again in two weeks bye bye